Sorry, I, oh no, I forgot how to make it speaker again. What's wrong with me? It's in the corner. Oh my God, it is. Oh, there we go. Hello. 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 Hello? Oh my God, Julia, I made a huge mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Besides the speaker, not speaker. Um, I just was sitting here and I was like doing all this work and I was like getting shit done. And then, you know how like, just random thoughts enter your head for no goddamn reason. Uh-huh. I just all of a sudden ended up stalking a former coworker who I did not have a good like end of my time with. Oh no. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm like months deep in this person's Twitter feed. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean it happens. It happens. Do you like some ASMR bubbling? Can you hear that? Oh, is that your bubbly? No, it's hot cheese. <laughs> oh, so no to the fizzy water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I made some some savory cinnamon rolls with ham and cheese. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the cheese is still bubbling. Oh my god, it really does sound like creepy static. <laughs> does it? Which I guess goes with our episode well of yeah. our dramatic and horrifying conclusion of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. But it's not creepy static, it's hot cheese. <laughs> Which is way better than creepy static. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually really excited about my hot cheese bubbles. <laughs> um Julia, do you know that we have a new patron? A new patron? Yeah. Who um, is it? Oh Tell my god. Everything. Okay. Her name is Amy Nelson. Woo! And she is so sweet. She got right back to me on Patreon, and she said that um, she has a little pup named Lily. Aww. And she doesn't have a kitty at the time, which I also love. Like, I love that we're breaching the the gap to the dog (laughs) lovers, too. Yes, dog lovers unite with cat lovers. Yes, we all live together in one happy animal-loving family. She did say here, too, at the end of her little message, she said, um, I don't have a kitty, but I love all animals, which, yes, right on. Yeah. We agree. So thank you, Amy. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, a little note on Patreon, too. I did just upload a really fun little video of me and my friend Cricket um, talking about... It's a video, too, guys. Oh, my God. I figured out how to... Breaching into YouTube territory? Are we YouTubers now? Oh, my God. Are we influencers? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I was feeling very fancy because I did figure out how to sync the audio I took some audio separately and I synced it with the video so the audio is better quality than just from the phone that I was recording with on wow. video so there's that um there is, can you hear the, the like sirens going down my street still 
I can't hear them. No, I can't hear them anymore. But I, I mean, I did a couple minutes ago. Okay, they're getting louder. You'll hear them soon. <laughs> oh, so they're on their way. I see. <laughs> God, right, guys, I live in a dangerous neighborhood these days. <laughs> oh no. Um, and not just because of the zombie cats. And not just because of the zombie cats. Oh, there it is. You you hear it now. It's like a yeah. slow a slow build. It must have been going pretty slow. There's an emergency. Here it is. Here it is. going a little faster. <laughs> and it, wait, it stopped. I wonder if it's in my neighborhood. Oh shit. Mundane that, mysteries. <laughs> yeah, mundane mysteries. Oh my god. Hashtag. Hashtag mundane mysteries. Hashtag mundane mysteries. Wait, I I had a mundane mystery the other day that I posted on Instagram and I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. I remember that because I saw it and I was like, we should bring that back. We have to fill the void of Halloween Advent with something. Yeah. Sorry, my Halloween Advent got kind of crazy and like sprawly and very late. (laughs) No, it was amazing. I'm obsessed with you as Coco and Chuni as Lillian Jackson Braun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really glad that worked out. That was, like, my biggest fear, that I would get to the end and he wouldn't cooperate. (laughs) And then I would have to come up with a new grand finale. (laughs) Well, it's kind of, like I said before, it's kind of funny that he's, like, semi-not cooperating. Semi-not cooperating. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the askew glasses. Guys, go check out our Instagram. I just posted it today. Yeah, I do really love that picture of him. It's super great. Also, Shadow is in here. It's just me and Shadow in here recording, and he's a squinting at my I have a little a little tableau here of wine bubbly and a a black protection candle (laughs) oh nice (laughs) and he's squinting at all of them (laughs) very nice nice. oh I feel like we got derailed on something oh patreon um guys yeah we did I did just upload that video that was really fun that was about me and cricket I helped cricket she was so sweet she asked me to help her go adopt a cat (laughs) so I had the best like day with her at the Pasadena Humane Society so we talk all about that in our kitty world news from last month our little video which is cool you can also see my spooky patio there Um, and I really do I I need to get something off my chest because I have been terrible. I know I teased you guys on Patreon about sending you something. And then we actually, it was kind of a good like problem to have because then we got more patrons. Like I had something specific I was going to send you guys. And then we got more patrons and I was like, oh no, I don't have enough things now. (laughs) So I really do. I apologize. It's been way entirely too long on my end, but I have something to make it up for you. We can do a little teaser of a really fun project, Julia and I, and the artist that did our logo are working on together. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I we will definitely have enough. I've made sure we will <laughs> definitely have enough of those to send to you guys. So um, I'm going to put, I think I might put like a Google form into the Patreon so that you guys can enter your, your addresses. So I can, if you want to, no pressure at all. Um, but yeah, I really, really am by the end of the year going to be sending you guys a cute little, a cute little something, something that I think you'll really love. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just to say thank you. Um, okay. Sorry. That's my, that's my spiel on, um, how I've been a terrible person. (laughs) I also, if it makes anyone feel better, sometimes we'll go like 
honestly weeks and months without answering text messages. So if that's any oh. indication of my level of commitment to. <laughs> no, for sure. I just responded to it. So I have a friend from Peace Corps and we keep in touch like on a, on a monthly basis and it will be like, it's through Facebook. So it's meant to be, you know, a back and forth, but it's more like we really should just exchange emails at this point because it's like <laughs> long, long, these long ass updates because neither of us can like get our lives together enough to like actually text or message back and forth. So I feel you. It's like a once a month thing. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes it's hard. And you know what? We just got to, you know, throw it out there, say we're sorry and uh, make good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean... It's fine. We're just not texting friends. We're emailing friends and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're sending you fun things eventually, friends. And yeah. we're bringing you the spooky content because guys, this finale of this fucking book, Ugh. should we segue into it? Yeah, we should. It's, I will say it is exactly what I predicted. It was like nonsense up until like the last 10 pages. And then it was just a shit show. <laughs> Well, because it was all in Lewis's head for the most part. Like, it was the nonsense of, like, him justifying bringing his dead son back to life. Yeah, it was, like, just him making worse and worse decisions. And, like, it's not even, like, he was making bad decisions and then, like, oh, shit, that was a bad decision. I should, like, you know, figure this out. It was, like, him making a bad decision then being, like, well, I'll just roll with it and make a worse one later. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, and literally speaking of, that is our segue from us being terrible and then making good. He is not making good. (laughs) No, he's not. And it's funny, I, I don't know, have you seen the movies? So that's a whole extra interesting conversation. I have not seen anything. And then after I finished, so I, full disclosure, went to the bar to finish the last 50 pages (laughs) because I was like, God damn, I need a drink. And then I finished and then John and I met up for sushi afterwards. And I think I actually texted him like, I will need to discuss Pet Cemetery with you. (laughs) (laughs) And he, who's already read the book, he loves Stephen King. So he like Mm. had read the books. Um, has seen all the movies. He's like not actually a fan of either of the movies, but likes the older one better. But when he told me both of the endings for the movies, I was like, excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did the exact same thing. I so, so I went to Canada this weekend with a couple of friends. Oh, yeah. And I knew that one of them, because I had, I had like in my like messaging with them at some point mentioned that I was reading Pet Cemetery, and one of them, um, was like, oh yeah, lo- like love the movies. And so when we were on vacation, I had finished the book on the plane on the way there. Oh, and, wow, and- ballsy move, reading a horror book on a plane. I feel like <laughs> I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> well, I forgot my headphones, so I you know, like, really couldn't do anything else. <laughs> oh God, so you just wanted to get mad at Lewis in a confined yeah. space. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so anyway, when I got to Canada, I I asked this friend about his about both movies and his opinions on them and got both the endings also and had the same oh, kind God. of reaction of like, really? <laughs> like why? Yeah. Why'd they do that? Well honestly, why the only thing I will say, there was one detail of one of the movies that I was like, okay, sure. And this is not actually a spoiler. Well, it's obviously a spoiler for the movie. So Mm -hmm. sorry in advance for that. But it's not a spoiler for the book because um, 
one of the movies, I forget which one actually now, uh, it's actually Ellie that dies instead of Gage. I think that's the mo- the current remake. Is that the remake? The, the most current. Yeah, it sounded to me like the original movie was actually pretty close to the book. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that the right. That's right. John said that it was mostly similar, but it, it, that it ended up looking a little bit campier than he would have liked, I think, is mm-hmm. what he was saying. Yeah, I also think because the, the book ends like very cliffhangery, like you really don't know what's going to happen next. It sounded right. like the original movie kind of took it that step further into like, oh, you know, you know it's going downhill. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so you, like, the movie ends, but you know it's going to spiral out of control, whereas the book, you're like, is this going to work out, or is this going to be terrible? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I do remember that detail, too, that we'll, but let's put a pin in that, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I remember, I just remember thinking that was my one, because I actually did, by the end, I really enjoyed it. I thought that everything kind of came full, full circle, but mm-hmm. there was that one thing that I, I did actually think to myself of, like, wow, I feel like this would have been extra full circle if it was actually Ellie that died and not Gage because Ellie was the one that was close with Church. Yeah. And, like, then at the end, like, well, this is, we'll talk about this later too, but there's a, you know, I don't know if this is obvious or not. I It kind of hit me out of nowhere, but was like, oh, that's a great detail that obviously when Gage does come back in this section, him and Church are like, like BFFs and I was like oh that would have been so full circle if it was Ellie but then going back to what we've talked about before I think this book really was Stephen King like processing the fact that his son was like maybe close to dying in a similar way but didn't Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I also yeah I mean I I guess I I, like I can see that but I don't know because I don't think I mean maybe I'm wrong (laughs) You're wrong. But, I'm just kidding. But, no, <laughs> but like when I was reading it as like, you know, I mean, Gage, spoiler alert, Gage comes back. <laughs> um, yeah, if that can be a spoiler, we like yelled about it all last episode. <laughs> yeah. So when he when he does his like murdery thing and has like that weird like demonic entity in him taking over his body and like going on a going on a rampage, like Church was there. But I don't know if I, like, saw Church as being, like, like a part of the murdery spree or if he was just, like, because of his resurrection, just, like, drawn to death, like, any death, you know? Or maybe he was, like, drawn to, like, maybe that entity in particular because he was from the same cemetery. But I just kind of thought it as, like, death in general. No, that's a good point. And like, I really will grasp at straws to vindicate zombie church because I love zombie church. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, No, you're totally right. Like if it was Ellie that had died, I think you're right. That would have definitely pushed the idea of church being implicit, like way Mm -hmm. farther because they would have been like such a team like they were before. But because it's Gage, you're right. Like there is a moment where they're very bonded. Like they look very together, like visually. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like there actually isn't really like at, at, in a lot of the moments, church is actually separate from Gage, but around the chaos. Yeah. And you're right. It could just be that he's I wonder, too, I mean, to further vindicate zombie church. I wonder if it's that like 
you know, in the same way that like, oh God, sorry, I almost just like spoiled something big for later. But in the same way that like, we don't know that like the people who are, or anyone that's any pet or human that's buried there is when they come back, if there's any semblance of them or where their soul goes or anything like that. Like, I wonder if that could be like church almost like called into service in a way in the same way that the cemetery has like taken over Lewis's mind even though he's still living well Mm -hmm. at this moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) right we can't confirm for any cannot cannot confirm for past the book nor the end of the movies no you know what I feel like we should do um I feel like because this is the end and it's so dramatic and spooky and and everything should Mm -hmm. we open up rant corner a little bit farther (laughs) yeah let's rant (laughs) Should we rant a little bit more or should we save that for the end? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else, what do, what do you want to rant about? I don't know. I guess I just feel like if there's anything else, maybe, maybe that'll just come out as we go along. I just feel yeah. like there's, I mean, I feel like I have a lot to say, but you're right. I can't pinpoint exactly where. Yeah. And I think like, I, again, this is a very like, it's a long process to get the, to the dramatic conclusion, but once we get there, we will have a lot to rant about, but, like, we also need to talk about a lot. That's before, true, we do. I kind of realized there. <laughs> you know, it was fun. I will say, too, it was really funny when um, John and I were talking about the movies versus the books, and just or the book, and just, like, you know, talking about everything in general. Um, John was saying that he thought one of, his, one of the main issues with the movies is that they make the movies very plot-driven, whereas the books, he, you know, just just kind of casually was like whereas the book is very character driven and I was like oh right I guess it's been a while since I've read like a real book where that's like a distinction not the cozy mysteries aren't real but they are those are very plot driven (laughs) and I hadn't really thought about the difference in a long time and like yeah it was so interesting because I was like oh yeah like not a ton happens like we could we could potentially sum up this book in like probably like four or five beats like we could say like yeah for sure you know, Gage comes back, lots of deaths. Like, you know, it could be mm-hmm. even, like, simpler, but there are... I mean, because even at the beginning of the the section that we read, um, it, even though it does go through, you know, the process of Lewis digging up Gage and the process of taking Gage to the burial ground and then everything that happens after, it's really, like, oh, my God, it's probably, like, two or three chapters of full description of him just digging up a grave and then walking through it's probably even more than that actually like the digging of the grave takes like a long portion of this yeah that was really really probably the most absurd that lewis has been yes because you would think like like i feel like up until this point like we left off with him like planning all of this and actually going through and getting the hotel room i feel like once he hits that first barrier at the graveyard he should have been like oh this is actually a bad idea you know like that should have been the like this is like there's too much to overcome here (laughs) for me to like in a, a like as a sane person dig up an entire grave well, I, I wonder if that whole process, the, I wonder if the reason it, Stephen King took such a long time on that, you know, literally just those, like, couple hours of him breaking into the graveyard, digging up the body, 
and getting back to his house. I wonder if that whole process took so long because that maybe is the moment where Lewis like fully loses grasp on his sanity. Cause he even says like, I think that's where Lewis from Lewis's perspective himself, he starts saying things like I could just feel the, you know, alongside talking about the call of the cemetery of the burial ground, the Micmac burial ground. He does also start talking about how he can feel his sanity slipping away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, like, you're right, because earlier in the the section last, the episode last time, um, we talked about how he, um, like, even Rachel, like, him sending Rachel away was, like, getting rid of an obstacle and, like, him trying to figure out how to avoid Judd, like, that was getting rid of an obstacle. And so there was so much about, right, of him almost, like, and then there's that moment, too, in the last section where he's, like, at the hotel, or maybe that's this section, actually, where he's leaving the hotel and he's waiting or he's eating this, like, apparently disgusting dinner at the, like, motel where he's staying. And he's, like, waiting for, he's, like, I kind of hope someone does walk in. And, like, I have to answer some weird questions. And, like, maybe that'll stop me. And then it's, like, someone does, but then they don't come near him. And he doesn't go towards them. So it's, like, this weird mist. It's almost like he's looking for obstacles, but, like, not really at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But you're right. Yeah, no, like I, I think that was that wasn't in, in this section when he was like he like saw another doctor and his wife that he knew come in and they yeah. just like went to the other side and he was to the other side of the restaurant and he was like, Well, I guess this is happening. Like no one's gonna stop me, pay my bill, go dig right. up my son's grave. Yeah. You were dead on too when I texted you because you finished it before I did. And I feel like you were really dead on when you were like it's not as, like, big and eventful scary as you think it is, but it is very gross and creepy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of description that I didn't want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. Louis vomiting when he opens the grave and all of the description of Gage's body come to mind. Yeah, for sure. Like, when he opens the grave and he's like, oh, his head's missing. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, literally. And, like, every, I feel like every scene after that of him, like, carrying the body, I just was, like, I'm disassociating right now. I gotta, I gotta go. I think that was actually when I was, like, I gotta go to the bar. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, like, just in case anyone was wondering, Gage's head was not actually gone. It was just covered in, like, pond scum because he had been buried and then it rained and so there was like black mold and like moss all over him lol love it yeah (laughs) so that's what lewis was handling the entire time that he's carrying his son's body which was like already pretty mutilated because he was hit by a semi-truck so just imagine that plus like decay and black mold and like, oh my God, the details! Like at one mo- like part, uh, at one point he's talking about like how he's looking into the grave, and because it's been so rainy that like there's actually like a puddle in the bottom of the coffin and like mm-hmm. the, in the grave, and like he was like, what else was it? Oh, at one point he like fat like there are like paragraphs about like something white that's coming out of Gage's mouth and it like he goes through all of the horrifying things it could be and then he's like oh it's cotton and like plucks it out but it's like you still just pulled like weird like embalming stuffing out of your dead son's mouth like I don't know that that's better right yeah or like while he's digging and he like 
sticks his hand down and he's like, Mo, there's something squishy down there. What is it? And it ends up being an earthworm, but like my mind went all sorts of places. A hundred percent. I was like, I gotta go. I, <laughs> You're right. He's like, very, Stephen King is like very good at like, as we saw from the beginning, uh, like all three sections leading up to this, that he's very good at like, thinking about what you might expect to be coming and then like giving you something else. And then like, I don't know, it is kind of that thing of like, well, I don't think that I don't, I, it's somehow better, but I don't know that that's better. <laughs> yeah. He like almost makes your brain like write something more horrifying than what he's writing. So it's like, you're the horror. <laughs> Like, you're more messed up than he is because you go, like, farther and then he, like, backs it up. And so you're like, oh, God. (laughs) Yep. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, like, lets you do the work a little bit sometimes. And that's what they say, too, about, like, honestly, that's what I've been finding in, like, my recent discovery of horror movies. Like, some of them I do really love. Like, I never, obviously, we never watched them growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have really I mean, we been... watched Hocus Pocus, so. Well, that's true. And Adam's Family, I mean, yeah, I put those sure. solidly in that camp. Yeah. Um, but, no, it is really interesting because most of the ones I've seen so far, and I, I won't go into any of the, like, like, I, I have not seen, I probably won't see any of the, like, real body horror ones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um or like the saw ones, like those don't don't really appeal to me. But the like really classic ones that I've been kind of watching and catching up on from all my time away from them is that they're not it's kind of like this, like kind of like how we just described of like it's not quite as like like visually horrific as I expect it to be, but it is a lot more like you filling in the gaps. And they say that, you know, the un, un unknown is one of the most scary mm-hmm. things. And so I think a lot of horror really does that well, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so where do we even go? So, Lewis, we spend, like, ages on Lewis, like, driving to the cemetery. Like, every detail of, like, how he wraps up his tools that he has. How Mm -hmm. he... Like, we probably get one full chapter of just him hopping the fence and, like, hitting his knee. he gets there and it's like he saw it the like when he first scoped it out like the the day or two beforehand it it had been unlocked at like I don't know like 6 p.m or something and he was Mm -hmm. like great I can just come at night and and like it's gonna be open but of course it wasn't right so that's his like first big hurdle but we're also like while like in between him doing all of these things we're also getting Rachel and Ellie's point of view like on the plane and in Chicago so I think that's what helps draw it out a little bit that's true yeah we get like Lewis being an idiot and then we get like breaks going back to Ellie being like something terrible is happening (laughs) right and like knowing exactly what's going on from you know like however many miles away right yeah and her trying to convey that to her mom and Rachel also kind of simultaneously realizing just like feeling unsettled enough that she they like literally get to they fly into Chicago Ellie has had all of her horrifying visions and dreams and we get like Julie mentioned last time we get the um the mention of Pascal and as soon as Rachel like she at first Rachel doesn't remember who Pascal is because it's been since it's end of May now it's been since what like September I think Mm -hmm. like end of August um but when she finally realizes in she's still in the airport and she like 
loses her mind. And so she does let her and Ellie be taken back to her parents' house. But then as soon as they get to her parents' house, they kind of have like some dinner and like maybe unpack a little bit, but like pretty immediately Rachel's like, I have to go back. I take me back to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. So she does end up like on this kind of wild, like crazy airplane goose chase trying to get back uh, because there's like one seat available and she's like bouncing back and forth across the country to try to like get back to Maine. But in the meantime, she calls Judd. Oh God. Yeah. And and lets him know that she's coming back and um, that she is in Chicago because he didn't know that. Um, so he immediately picked, like, he knows exactly what's going on. He's like, oh, God, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I thought we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this. So this entire time, like, while we're getting, like, Lewis's description, we also see Rachel trying to get back. And then we know that Judd is, like, sitting at his house, like, on the porch in his rocker, like, waiting for Lewis to come back. So, like... We have Rachel trying to get there to stop him, even though she doesn't know what's going on. And then we have Judd, like, waiting for him to come back with his dead son's body to, like, also stop him. Right. So there's, like, kind of those, that, like, little bit of hope in place that, like, said, but, like, obviously we know it's not going to work out. We just have to wait for it to fail. (laughs) We we really do. We just have to wait for the ultimate failure to happen. (laughs) Because you're yeah. right, like, that, I think I said that last episode of, like, how the fuck is Lewis going to get back to his house with Judd right across the street? And, like, even without Rachel calling, I feel like even just the fact that he didn't see Lewis, like, pull back into his house, like, that's, you know, going to trigger something. And he's already been so, like, attuned to Lewis's feelings and thoughts. So, yeah, my that was my thought, too, of, like, something's going to have to happen to Judd for this to... Actually, it was really funny. I was editing our last episode while I was reading this section. And it was funny because I had said something like, there's going to have to be some kind of last incident with Judd, isn't there? (laughs) And it's like, as I was reading the last incident with Judd, I was like, Oh God. Oh no. (laughs) I hate, I hate that I was right. Yeah. Well there is. So there is a last incident with Judd after this whole debacle happens. But even before that, um, like with Rachel on the plane, she like misses a couple of flights and then she like rents a car and like her battery or like something weird happens with it. And then like, as Judd's sitting there, he like, you know, drinks a beer, but then like literally cannot keep his eyes open and keeps falling asleep. And so both of them, like throughout the entire chapter or section, they're both like kind of individually thinking like, something is like against me doing what I need to be doing. Like Judd is like, okay, I can't keep my eyes open. I know this is not just like the one beer that I drank. Like something is like physically acting on me to like keep me from staying awake. And Rachel thinks the same thing is like, why are like, why is my brand new rental car like having the issues of a like 15 year old, like unkept, like junker you know well yeah and she even had at that point with her she right she's missed flights she had to have I mean she already had like a ton of connections but she like yeah missed her flight by like a suspiciously small amount of time like by like Mm -hmm. minutes 
And then right gets her car and like she has her car looked at by a trucker, which is also a big thing because she like has this breakdown where she's like, I just feel like a trucker. Like, of course, I'm in a place with like a ton of truckers that like any of these trucks could have been. I mean, it was I'm sure that truck was like hopefully taken out of commission. But she's like any of these trucks could have killed my son. Like, this is terrible. And then, yeah, the trucker who helps her fix the car is like. I I mean, he's, like, casual about it, too, but because he thinks he's, like, just helping someone in distress. But um, he even says, like, oh, yeah, I've never seen anything happen on a car this new like that. It was something that, like, looked like a valve or something had just been, like, fully yeah, disconnected. Yeah, something had been, like, loosened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she even describes it as, like, she felt like she was, even as she was, like, driving, or she felt like her forward motion was, like, almost like dreamlike where you get like stuck in a you know where you can't go the way like just even the normal like walking pace you think that you can and she she likened it to what like a rubber band I think that she felt like she was like driving into a rubber band that something was just like holding her back and she was like making progress but not really Mm -hmm. yeah she also fell asleep at the wheel oh god that was scary which was like another yeah one of the other uh things that was holding her back she like dozed off and I had like some sort of like hallucination dream while she had dozed off and then she like felt the car against the guardrail and woke up and was like oh god I like <laughs> I could have died <laughs> like, right what am I doing yeah so meanwhile while both her and Judd are nodding off um Lewis has fully gotten Gage's body into his car and is he's gotten through all of the many obstacles like there you know at some point there's like a couple walking by and at another point like all every car that passes he's like horrified is gonna like stop and ask him questions yeah as he's like before he even gets into the cemetery as he's like fiddling with the gate a police car drives by Mm. and he like does that like cartoon like pancakes himself against a tree and like (laughs) yeah (laughs) the light doesn't like shine on him enough to show the like bulge along the side that's right I do I forgot about that yeah oh my god yeah so he um right by that point is driving Gage Gage's body back to I mean not necessarily his house obviously he's driving it back to the burial ground but um so yeah it all just it's a really interesting like snapshot you really do see like a perfect timeline of these like different timelines kind of woven together like you see Rachel and it all like feels very like he's a great writer you feel it very like simultaneously like Rachel Mm -hmm. is falling asleep at the wheel at the same time Judd is nodding off on his front porch at the same time Lewis is pulling in so it's like everyone is just like Rachel's not you know quote-unquote like allowed to be there until later because she'll hinder things Judd isn't allowed to be awake until later because he'll stop put mm-hmm. you know stop things um although I'm not entirely sure Judd would stop it to be honest I think he has enough like draw into the cemetery too he might have helped but that's just me being cynical <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean even if he was dead set against it and would like would not have helped at all I'm not convinced that he could have gotten Lewis to like stop you know 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially, that's what I actually was like yelling at John before I like even finished. I was like, or um, I was like, Judd is making one huge mistake. Because, you know, at the point where he calls Rachel, um, Lewis hasn't even vaulted over the cemetery gate yet. So I was like, why the fuck? Like, Judd knows where where Gage is buried. Like, Mm -hmm. why is he doing this weird standing watch back at his house when he knows that Lewis is going to come back with Gage's body? Like, why didn't he go? I guess there are a lot of risks of, like, you could have missed him. Like, it is, like, maybe the safest bet to wait for him at the house to know that you're not going to miss him. But it's also like, oh, my God, I think I would have driven to the cemetery to try to catch him there to be like, if you, like, if you caught him... And he would have, like, if he had left right mm-hmm. then, it probably would have timed out that he would have caught him at the cemetery and he could yeah. have just, you know, physically stopped him there. Or he could have phoned in some police tips to be like, hey, I hear there's going to be a, like, vandalism or something. Or like, hey, I saw a suspicious character prowling around the cemetery, you know, oh. at least put in, like, a couple of different, even if they didn't, like, take him super seriously or, like, stake someone out there, like, it would have been a couple more lines of defenses. That's true. Guys, if you think that anyone you know is trying to <laughs> resurrect a dead body, let us know. We will we will help you strategize. <laughs> <laughs> we won't sit there and stake out <laughs> the, you know, burial ground that brings the body back but we will help you put in some uh some calls to the proper authorities (laughs) (laughs) yes without tipping your hand that it's whatever is going to happen is going to sound super crazy yeah so oh my gosh yeah so ultimately obviously obviously lewis does get gauged back to his house everyone is asleep well rachel is still driving but uh, Judd is definitely asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, it's another, you know, couple chapters of him taking Gage, you know, the long hike up to the Micmac burial ground. And this time we do actually get more of like a, not necessarily a visual, I don't think, but we do get that Lewis is very, is definitely probably seeing the Wendigo. Yeah, for sure. There was like, I don't know. There was like it was it was all very similar, but yeah, there was more of an experience of him being like, "Oh shit, what was that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because he did get kind of like a little like something big crawling around the the like swamp. But I think in this one, he like actually sees. Does he actually see it? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I don't think he sees it, but I think the writing is so, like, visceral. It felt like he saw it. Because I I remember at one point he was like, it was so misty and this thing was so close to me, but I wouldn't want the the mist to go because I wouldn't want to see whatever is there. And it still was, like, vague enough that, like, at the end, he didn't have to convince himself that he had or hadn't seen anything. He could still hold to that party line that Judd had given him earlier of like, Oh, it's just the loons, which is like <laughs> just the, the most insane shit. Like he keeps saying that that holds throughout the rest of the, of the uh, book of like, you know, he tells other people that like that he tells himself that numerous times, like, Oh, that's nothing. That sound, that crazy, terrible sound. That's just the loons. <laughs> 
don't worry about it. <laughs> don't definitely don't look too hard and don't watch me bury my son in a this scary burial ground. Um yeah, so that is like probably the biggest difference. But you're right, most of it is really similar. Like uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing necessarily that stands out this versus when he buries church except that he's doing it himself and it's like extra strenuous too yeah. like he was already like kind of struggling with a cat body now he has like an actual human body yeah and even though it's that body small, is small but, but yeah. it's still like yeah and there's that whole thing too of like almost like transferred weight I think because like we saw before with church where he has you know, the next morning, he's like, oh, my God, I feel so sore. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so out of it because of the way that almost, like, things lifted while he was walking over the, the bone tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so, I mean, really, that's it. Like, again, it's so character-driven. You're mostly just in his head. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the walk and the burial, and he does everything the same. And then makes it back to his house and falls the fuck asleep like a big old idiot. Yeah. And we don't, we actually don't see Lewis again until like after the mayhem has happened. He sleeps through yeah. fucking everything. Oh my God. And this is like, fucker. like <laughs> I know like then the like chaos and anarchy reigns from like 5 a.m. until like, you know, 6.37 a.m. Lewis didn't, doesn't wake up until like 10 or something like that. No. Well, so it's been like several hours before he even like sees the <laughs> the problems that he's caused. Oh my god, I know that like moment where this is jumping a little bit forward, but it's like so indicative of what you're talking about, like where he like wakes up and is like, Oh, I'm fine, everything's fine. Nothing is Let's fucked. make a breakfast. Let's just make breakfast. And then he looks across the street and sees to him is a uh, a new weird car and to us we're like that's the fucking chevette that we've been with for the past like 17 million <laughs> chapters right <laughs> but by that point by the point that he's even waking up um rachel's rental car that's rachel's rental car mm-hmm. um rachel's rental car has been like it's like covered in dew that like dew like morning dew so it's like clearly not recently parked like it's already been there for at least a couple hours yeah um probably longer yeah so I don't know where do we even (sighs) where do we even start with this so oh my god Rachel (laughs) doesn't get yeah so Rachel doesn't get there right away when she had talked to Judd like back when she was in Chicago he hinted that he knew what Lewis was up to but he was not about to like like a crazy person explained that there's a burial ground that brings back dead bodies um, over the phone. So he was like, just come, like, don't go to your house, come straight to my house and I will tell you what's going on. Hopefully by that point it will all have been sorted out and I can like, I like, I will have stopped it, but like, we'll have a, we'll have an in-person sit down. Yeah. Which I think he is a, a little too optimistic. It was very optimistic of him. Yes. But so that's where that's where Rachel's headed. That's why her car was parked there when Lewis got up. Um, so, yeah. So I guess the first time we see Gage, because, um, well, I don't know. So when Lewis was coming back over the bone tree, he, like, heard something. He got to the pet cemetery 
over the barrier. And he was, like, immediately kind of, like, like, totally exhausted. And he was like, what if I just stay here? Like, this is fine. And then he heard, like, some weird, like, voices or, like, sounds or something that, like, sounded like it was coming over the barrier. And he was like, uh, Gage? No, definitely too early, but definitely don't want to stay here now. So, like, he booked it back. So we don't know. That could have been Gage coming back, like, that fast. That's true. And it does become very clear that Lewis thinks he knows the rules of the cemetery and he does not. So definitely don't trust anything. He thinks about like, oh, too soon, too late. Like, what the fuck do you know, Lewis? Right. Yeah. Because he woke up at like nine and this is like nine or ten or whatever. And this is like, you know, four hours after Gage has already come back. And he's like, oh, it won't be till like mid-afternoon. Yeah. So anyway, the first time we see Gage, he... uh, he is coming into Lewis's bedroom and we oh, just God. see we, we see the little little pitter patter of dirty feet, dirty oh. windigo feet. Um, and he just silently opens up Lewis's bag just like in Ellie's dream, grabs his knife and then leaves. Yep. Which we should also say too, this is the bag that Lewis has like it's been kind of hinted at throughout the book, like it apparently has a lot of different like syringes and vials in there of like deadly stuff. Like this is what, and it's weird. Like it mentions too, that this is what Lewis had asked. Um, I think it was Ellie to run across the street and tell Rachel to get for him when Norma was having her heart attack. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it seems kind of like a, like an on-call doctor's bag, you know, like when they do in the old, the old days when they do that like a uh, home visit type of thing and they have that black bag that they then like open up and kind of dig through for whatever they need yeah I guess so maybe they just didn't talk about the other like non-scary things but they only talked yeah. about the like morphine and things that could kill you and the scalpel that right eventually is what Gage grabs out of the, yeah. the bag Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, so it is, it's all, like, normal doctor's equipment, but yeah, it's terrifying in the hands of a zombie two-year-old slash yeah. Wendigo. <laughs> slash Wendigo, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. also what Lewis, um, that's actually his contingency plan, like, the reason that it's out and, like, reachable for a two-year-old, it's usually up high, I think, so that no one can t- can reach it, um, but the reason that it's so out and about is because that's his plan for if Gage comes back and is a monster, he's going to use whatever syringes to kill Gage again. So it's like mm-hmm. extra ironic that now Gage is the one that's like, bah ha ha, I'm going to grab the murder <laughs> yeah. weapons out of your murder bag. Grab all of this and kill everyone. Um, but he doesn't kill Lewis, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Not sure why. Weird. Maybe he only kills awake people because he does. (laughs) He does seem to like to mess with them before he kills them. That's true, but he woke Judd up. Like he could have woken Lewis up. Could have. But you know what? I bet you it's something along the lines of like Lewis wasn't a threat to him. Like Lewis wasn't. Lewis was already in such. uh, Had the. The Wendigo slash burial ground already had such a hold on Lewis. Like, he mm-hmm. probably was like, you can sleep. I don't care. Like, you yeah. can do whatever you want. I'll get to you later. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He had also, um, per 
Judd's story beforehand um, of the the first person who came back. I'm assuming it's the same entity of the burial ground that like jumps into whatever human body is being resurrected. Like Judd's encountered this spirit before, right? And so that's I kind true. of feel like that's why Judd is unfortunately the first person that Gage goes after. Oh, yeah, that scene is pretty brutal. That's also, isn't that also the scene where we get, not to jump too far ahead, because we haven't even really described Gage as back as a zombie child, but isn't that also uh, my personal least favorite thing in this book is when Gage comes back and opens his mouth and Norma's voice, it is, it is with Judd because it's Norma's voice. Yeah. Norma's voice comes out and it's almost like he's not even talking. He's just like a weird speakerphone for like whatever is beyond. And he's trying to convince Judd that like Norma fucked around on him and like, you know, had sex with all of his friends and that Norma hated him and like whatever, which like probably isn't true. I think it's just like manipulating everything, Mm -hmm. but it's described as like Gage literally just opens his mouth and like his mouth doesn't move, but all of this like, Norma screaming at Judd comes out, which is yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't love that. No, no, no. In fact, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also before that even happened, when he first started talking, it was like I mean, he was no no longer the cute little like toddler speak type of type of conversation. It was like fully grown, fully grown right. adult talking out of a toddler's body which I also hate yes 100% yes because yeah basically what happens is that Gage comes well we're in Judd's perspective Judd wakes up he's not sure what's woken him up um but he kind of he's like I know this house well enough I know someone just came in he was like Mm -hmm. I can kind of tell just from the like the way the sound came from the screen door or like whatever it was and um yeah we get like a little build up to that and then it basically is just Gage standing there and church is church there yet. I'm not sure if church, I think church comes with him. I think church is like in the room, but not doing anything. I think he's just kind of like milling about. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Actually, I think he sees church first. Oh yeah. You might be right. Yeah. I think you are right about that. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to keep all the zombies straight. I know. (laughs) And they have some back and forth because Judd obviously sees Gage and immediately knows that whatever entity is there, like it's not Gage anymore. So Judd is like immediately ready to fight. Um, And so he's kind of like, bring it on. Right. And I'll also say like, I think the other zombies that we've encountered so far, there's like a little bit of a difference in appearance where like they still look like zombies and there's like scarring and like denting where like whatever their wounds are like wherever they were beforehand mm-hmm. but it it sounds like Gage was in that like in the ground for such a short period of time that he looks like pretty much exactly the same as when Lewis uncovered him yeah that was really yeah that was really interesting too that like they didn't really right I was waiting for them to describe like how they did with church of like here's where like church's neck was probably broken which is so sad yeah um but like there would be indents but like obviously not 
it just you know like a little dimple or you know whatever where that had happened but yeah they don't describe that for gage at all it's just no. very him was there like, yeah bulgy and moss covered and like molding so still pretty gross and like, in his um in his funeral suit in his like mm-hmm. toddler's funeral suit which is like yeah. just horrifying right for sure Oof. so that unfortunately the conclusion of that scene is um judd gets stabbed a bunch of times with a scalpel yep we get a really visual scene which was written really well of um oh god of judd being like on the ground gauge over him and then like wielding the scalpel and judd being like it must be an optical illusion like i put my hand up to block it but now the scalpel's on the other side of my hand too and it's like oh jesus christ you just yeah. stepped through your hands <laughs> yeah no for sure it was it was it didn't sound like a pleasant death he was he did make a, a noble effort to fight gauge off but I mean, what are you going to do? He's a demonic two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do with a demonic two-year-old? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember what he... He had, like, a baseball bat or something and, like, immediately dropped it or, like, some... Oh, church tripped him. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, that's church right. Church was oh, implicit God. in this. <laughs> sure, we, okay, we've maybe been wrong about this, but I still yeah, stand we by church. Wrong. But church definitely <laughs> were wrong. We are 100% wrong, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, that that's right. Because church did that cat thing of, like, weaving around his feet. Yeah. In, like, the cute, you know, usually right. the I mean, cute Chuni, way. Chuni does that, and it's adorable. He, like, jumps and rubs. And I imagine church was, like, probably doing that, too. Maybe he was just trying to be friendly. I mean, Chuni doesn't know he's tripping <laughs> when he trips me. <laughs> I think we're really grasping at straws here. Yeah, no, for sure. Church is definitely a murderous zombie. (laughs) Oh, it's come around to that. I figured it might, but I mean, I was ready to defend him for quite some time. I mean, it's the child's fault, though. He was not murderous until the child came back. That's true. He was only killing birds and stuff, which cats already do. So yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, either way, poor Judd is very dead by the time Rachel gets there, who is, yeah. I maintain, I think Rachel is the most tragic figure of this entire book, because A, if she was the main character, literally none of this would have happened. Like, if any woman was the one that was, like, getting called in by a Wendigo burial ground, they would have been like, mm, I don't no know about thanks. that. I don't think so. Yeah, she was. I know. I did. I did think that, too. But in not her defense. <laughs> Fair. I mean, everyone makes terrible choices here. <laughs> yeah. Um, she did. I mean, a not see Judd's body when she walked in. So, like, that's probably why she did this. But she saw Gage and, like... I mean, immediately thought it was Zelda for, like, half a second. Like, kind of that, like, shriveled, corpsey type of look. And so had, like, a split second of fear, but then realized it was Gage. And, like, knelt down, like, despite the fact that he's, like, very much a zombie, knelt down and was like, oh, my God, Gage is back. Hooray. And, like, had not the reaction that I think I would have had if I saw a creepy zombie child. No, I I agree, but I will also say I think the other tragic thing about Rachel is that she has literally none of the information that she needs. In the same yeah, way that like no, that's true. 
we yelled at Lewis last time to be like, you have an excess of information to make correct choices and you are still making terrible choices. You're so wrong. Rachel has like the, the correct intuitions to be like, something is fucked. Like, I don't know what it is, but something's not right. But she like literally everything, even the alive people work against her. Like Judd, well-meaning works against her by not telling her anything Mm -hmm. Um, where she, to be honest, like she was probably in a state where she would have believed him if she had just, if he had just told her over the phone. Yeah. Um, Or at least a part of it and would have worked through it and maybe been, you know, less, uh, less eager to hug her zombie child son because that yeah. scene was also my least favorite. There's a lot of my least favorites in this section. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because what does ultimately end up happening as she walks in, she sees church like drenched in blood, which like she doesn't immediately. It's you're right. It is kind of weird that she doesn't immediately go towards church in the blood. But I think what starts happening is that, gauge upstairs because we now know that he can make different like people sounds for different people he I think he's making sounds like Judd groaning Mm -hmm. upstairs so I think she pretty immediately thinks that Judd has fallen or something's happened to him upstairs so she runs upstairs and then it is really funny describing all of this because it's like my description is so not as like flowery or long or beautifully written but it's like that's basically just what happened she ran upstairs but that Mm -hmm. took like half a chapter too (laughs) right yeah no for sure um and so she and like you know the the like hallway is elongating and like all the extra like you know trappings of the horrifying um and she when she finally gets to the room where gage is uh it's whatever it is is has like kind of morphed into Zelda in another way Rachel is like the least well off in this because she also is the one that like I feel like she's the one that's driving most of the like horror through this because it's like her story about Zelda that's that kind of drives the like is you know the antithesis to the idea that um, Jed and and Lewis are like things are better off dead and it's almost like Rachel is like well I fucking know that because mm-hmm. you know my sister had this horrifying death that I witnessed and like I don't know that just is such like a I don't know like a flip almost of like they think that she's the one who's like death averse almost and it's like she maybe was the one that had the most grasp on it you know yeah I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, basically she's having like a horrifying time because Zelda is like standing in front of her and like crooked spine and is like yelling at her that like she's going to make Rachel's spine all crooked too and is like going to kill her like she thought and really does hate her. And then it morphs into Gage and she's like, oh my God, how did I not know this was Gage? Right. And like opens her arms and is like, oh my God, Gage. And Gage runs into her arms and they hug and then Gage keeps saying to her I brought you something mommy I brought you something and then I think the last sentence we get is that he was holding something behind his back which he was yeah. doing with Judd too which was obviously the scalpel obviously the murder weapon <laughs> yeah so that's where it it cuts back to Lewis when he like that entire horrific scene happens and then it's just like Lewis wakes up and feels great (laughs) I know it's weird that he like seems so like like his mood is so cheery 
despite how much description we get of like everything of his that hurts Mm-hmm. yeah so he I think it's pretty similar to when he buried church he wakes up and is like "Ooh, feels like I ran a marathon but like for the most part he's he's pretty happy with himself like he feels like he succeeded he's like waiting for his son to come back like he's feeling pretty good about it. as far as he knows you know, Rachel is safely, Rachel and Ellie are both safely away in Chicago and he mm-hmm. can just like spend the morning doing whatever he wants because church didn't come back until like 1 p.m. So Gage is like, you know, not expected until later. Surely it will be the same for my toddler. Right, for sure. So, um, yeah, he like, he wakes up, he goes downstairs, he starts like cooking breakfast and he sees... He looks out the window and he sees the car and he sees church sitting on it. And there's like something in the back of his brain. That's like, something's wrong. (laughs) Like something's amiss. Good deduction, Um, Sherlock. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was. Like he definitely sees some tiny dirty footprints that he's like, Oh God, something happened here like something's wrong and then the phone rings and he like knew immediately what was happening and acts like a crazy person (laughs) yep (laughs) instead of you know (laughs) I don't know what a sane person would do but he like immediately like he it's almost like he knew like exactly what had happened and he had like already formulated a lie in his head to cover it up like before he even picks up the phone yeah I think at this point he's like clearly in very much too deep and Mm -hmm. it's like it's also like a weird I was thinking at the end too it's such a weird well we'll get there but he's like clearly very much not thinking about Ellie at all but I think that's like the one last little like disconnect of like you know, Rachel's obviously here. He has fucked her over so horribly. And he starts to realize, he like, he know you're right. He knows like in his mind what has happened before he even knows like the details of everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it ends up being Erwin, um, Rachel's dad, to be like, oh my God, is Rachel home? Did she make it? She was so worried. Is everything okay? And him being like, yep, everything's fine. <laughs> Rachel's out to get milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's something else about Ellie also had another, oh, there was another little thread that I don't think we've really been talking about, but there's another, one of the last things that Zelda said when she, as she was dying, it was this whole thing to like Oz the Great and Terrible, like when she was healthy, apparently that was her favorite like book, movie, whatever it was. Um, but as she got sick, she started, I think like slurring her words maybe and saying like Oz the Great and Terrible. And so like Lewis keeps interchanging that phrase for like god or a chaos demon or like anything else like he uses that throughout and so apparently ellie has had another like horrifying dream and then of course like erwin and dory is rachel's mom's name which is also kind of hysterical that that was a name and not a fish for (laughs) at any point in time um but they're not they're clearly not equipped from even when rachel was a kid like and now Ellie is having like similar quote unquote behavioral problems. So they like take her to a hospital and she's like been sedated and like 
it like doesn't seem great, but he sort of is dropping detail because Lewis is like yelling at him at this point, like, what did she say? Like, Rachel's getting milk. Tell me what she said, what Ellie said. And apparently Ellie said something related to like, Oz the Great and Terrible is going to come get you or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was like so specific that Lewis was like, well, we're all fucked. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I feel like we're, this is almost it. We're almost at the end. Yeah, this is pretty much it. Because Lewis, after he hears that, he hangs up the phone and kind of like in a daze goes over. Well, he grabs two syringes. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm done. This is <laughs> like, I've already lost like any semblance of uh, sanity. But I, I know, I at least know that my two creations need to go back into the ground. Like, <laughs> my two creations. I'm done with this. Time to move on. It really is to... a little Frankenstein-y. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to Florida somehow. We're, <laughs> we're starting over, but I need to kill these two creatures first. Mm-hmm. So he grabs like a handful of um, morphine syringes that were, you know, enough to, you know, put down elephants and heads over and he gets church first because church is on the car and he like brings a can of tuna with him and he's like, don't worry about it, church. You're fine. Which this was like such a sad part for me. I don't know. It was a sad part, but at the same time, like. Meh. I mean, he probably could have, to be honest, set church free in the woods and like he would have just been like a chaotic cat uh, hunter for the rest of his life. Like he would have just been fine, like killing crows and whatever. But I think to bring the story full circle and like hopefully write, (laughs) not that he's righted any of his wrongs, but to like make an attempt to write his original wrong <laughs> that yes, was because uh, I think he ultimately fucks shit up way worse a little bit later yeah. yeah but like I think that was his like in his mind like where it all started so he's like this needs to happen yeah yeah I think you're right yeah so yeah so he he does put church down <sighs> and it was like very quick and painless I will say I appreciated that that's true that is true so then he heads into the house and finds Judd's body first, mm-hmm. um, which is on the, like, I think it's on the kitchen floor and he's been like stabbed yeah. multiple times. He's just in a pool of blood. And Lois is like, Oh God, sorry, Judd, my bad. He literally stands over him going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's like, well, it's literally too late for that. Yeah, it is too late. Um, and then he hears kind of like what Rachel hears upstairs when she gets drawn up. Lewis hears some noise upstairs and he's like, that noise is meant to draw me up. Like, there's something up there and it wants me upstairs. Mm-hmm. So he heads up and I think, does he see Rachel's body first or does he see Gage first? I can't remember. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't actually remember. Like, it is so like quick in some senses I feel like maybe I don't actually remember if he sees I feel like he has to see Rachel's body first I think he sees Rachel's body first and she's like she looks like she's just fallen asleep but she does have like 
stab wounds all over her so like she has the little like and it's like a scalpel so it just kind of looks like spots of like little spots of red oh the idea that it was a scalpel seems really bad to me too because a scalpel seems really small like don't you think you would like it would be like painful and long to bleed out from that scalpels are also very sharp I don't know if you've ever cut yourself on something really sharp that like like, this has happened to, to me before where I'm, like, you know, cutting something and I'll, like, slice my finger, but it, like, doesn't even hurt because it's so sharp. And oh. I don't realize it until I look down and I'm like, oh, God, I'm bleeding. Oh. Like, I don't know if that, I feel like that's what would happen with a scalpel. That's probably true. That is true. And, like, the oh, that's true, but everything <laughs> that's horrifying with, like... I even get that way when I watch, you know, like when they cut themselves on Chopped or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I don't want that blood. either. It just is like no. immediately so much blood. You're yeah, right, because it sure. is so sharp. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Lewis sees, you're right. Oh, yeah. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think Lewis sees Rachel first and then Gage kind of like simultaneously right after that. And I, I mm-hmm. actually kind of forget what like what happens like he pretty quickly gets gage in like a like a lock where he can yeah so gage i think he like says some things because i he likes to fuck with people that he's trying to kill yeah but um yeah so lewis pulls out one of the syringes and gage kind of like lunges at him but he's it sounds like he very much like church is kind of like clumsy and slow. Oh, that's right. So when he like lunges at Lewis because he's hasn't been tripped by a demonic cat, he, <laughs> he kind of like sidesteps and, you know, like Gage stumbles past him and he like grabs him from behind and kind of like pins mm. him to the floor and I think he, like, struggles a little bit. He might have, like, lost the first syringe or something, but he, like, pretty quickly and easily pulls out the second one and puts Gage down, like, very quickly. Yeah, I yeah, that's, I think that was also kind of scary, too, the idea that, because you think, like, again, it's that thing of expectations, because it's, like, you think something long, like a big, long, drawn-out battle, like maybe Marvel movies have trained me to think that way. There's going to be something like a big showdown, and it really wasn't between the two of them, which I think, again, goes back to, like, the ending, like, what ultimately ends up happening. Like, Lewis is just too in the grip of of this Wendigo. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it is really fast, and then it's, like, and then it's funny, because, like, I feel like you get actually more, we get more, like, description of Lewis sit like sitting there after everything's happened like in a house of dead bodies we get like a longer description of that than we get of him killing Gage yeah and I'm gonna be honest like after that after things ended so quickly I was like well he's fucked like I don't know what (laughs) yeah there's there's still chapters left in this book like what could possibly happen after this like oh yeah even gonna go um but he, I mean, I will, I will say he did something that, like, I probably wouldn't have thought to do, but, like, was a pretty good solution. He just, like, lights the whole thing on fire. He's just, like, burn it all down. It's fine. That's true. Just, like, Although, leave all the evidence in there. Just set it up. <laughs> it is true because, right, otherwise he would have had to, like, 
right take each's body back to the burial ground mm. and like right explain things yeah exactly yeah, um, it would have taken so much longer but yeah no just light it all on fire yep and we can't even give him credit for that because he literally just stole that from yeah Jed's story right full circle back yeah. to the, the first horrific story but yeah he does yeah take, take rachel's body out with him and we do in the next scene we see so like the house is lit it's gone up in flames judd is in there i'm assuming he left gage in there i think he left gage in there yeah yeah um so we we don't see him taking rachel out but we do see steve steve yep we get an amazing like after all of the shifts of perspective i think this one's my favorite because Mm -hmm. poor goddamn steve is the yeah He's the physician's assistant that we, like, only get here and there. Like, he's still kind of a big part of the story because he was the one who, like, helped Judd take care of both Lewis and Rachel Mm -hmm. right after Gage died. He was also the one that was there when Pascal died. Um, Like, he's kind of been just, like, an ancillary character throughout. And he's the one that – he also had some kind of weird intuition of, like, I'm going to go check on Lewis. I haven't seen him in – long enough like I think something is I I just hope he's okay like I feel like something's up he rides his motorcycle out to Lewis's house aka Judd's house because when he gets there it's literally the moment that like the house is up in flames and people have started to gather and like it's this like scene now and Lewis is not around to be found and then it's like, we don't even, right, we don't get any of the scene of Lewis deciding to take Rachel's body. Like, we only see it through Steve's perspective. He sees, like, a couple little flashes over in on Lewis's side of the road. And is like, I somehow just, I think that's Lewis. Like, I think I just saw him with carrying something, like, in his yard. Like, I'm not really sure. And then he goes over there and he follows Lewis up. I think he doesn't get to him until like the pet cemetery almost, right? Yeah. yeah, because he doesn't see he doesn't get within like talking distance of Lewis until Lewis is like halfway up the barrier. Oh, the bone so, tree barrier. The bone tree barrier. Yeah, so Steve like comes into the pet cemetery. He sees Lewis heading towards the barrier and he's like, "What's he doing? Like he'll never make it up over that." And he sees Lewis kind of like ascend so easily because he like the the windigo magic but also because he's done it so many times before he's lost all right. sense of doubt oh yeah he's like he's like an entity of this burial ground at this point he is just like an agent of chaos yeah for sure and so steve you know lewis is halfway up and steve's like lewis what are you what are you doing and mm-hmm. lewis looks back like with rachel's dead body in his arms and he's like oh, don't worry, like, it's soon enough. I missed the time frame with Gage. That didn't go well, but this time it will. Gotta go, bye. Maybe you can come help me. <laughs> LOL, which is hysterical because it really, hysterical in a horrific way, because I bet you, I bet you anything, it probably is only making it, making the Wendigo have a stronger connection to that body the sooner that it's buried. Like, Lewis is operating under this, like, right, because even before he decides to bury Gage, he's like, oh, I, you know, I could probably do this better than the guy before me because it was too long. Like, he waited too long. Like, that's why it was such a, you know, such a monster afterwards. Like, Gage has only been dead a couple 
days at this point, like I could really, you know, be the one that this works out for. And like the fact that that's still a thought when it's like, it could literally be the opposite that the Wendigo has a stronger hold on that body because it's so fresh. Yeah. I kind of took it the other way though. I think Lewis is right. Do you really? I do. I mean, I dare you. (laughs) You're being taken in. (laughs) I think he's wrong to bring anybody back. Well, yeah. But yeah. But um, I mean, if if you'll remember back to church, um, Judd, when church died, Judd was like, at some point during the, his like, we're going to go somewhere, bring your cat with you. (laughs) He was like, if you love Ellie, you'll do this tonight. Otherwise he'll be dead forever. So I think he was very much like, it needs to be like now or never. And I can kind of see that because I feel like once a body starts decaying, there's like no, there's like no salvaging it, you know, like if it's fresh enough, like I, I feel like in other, in other like supernatural shows and books and movies and things, it's like the sooner you get a soul back into the body, like the better off or like the more likely it'll come back. Oh, I don't know, Jules, in my heart, (laughs) I say, I think it only makes the Wendigo stronger because thinking to things like practical magic, we're literally using other fictional things to to corroborate our arguments about another fictional thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But in things like practical magic or like anything, really, I feel like it's all been like, oh, no, we don't do that. Like we whatever we do, we don't bring anything back to life because that's going to fuck shit up. No, I mean, I agree. I think it is a pretty... Yeah, I think it is a pretty common thread throughout, like, every, everything that, like, once something's gone, it's gone. Like, don't, you don't bring dead bodies back to life, mm-hmm. according to the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to listen to anyone here, we might as well listen to the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I do think if you're going to, the fresher the better. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, fair. I mean, why not use a culinary secret as well? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It really is that last, like, couple pages. I have to admit, so when I went to the bar, it was really funny. I was telling John the story of, like, so I went to the bar. I sat down. I went to the back bar, too. I went specifically to this one bar that has, like, a main hop-in bar. And then it has a back bar where you can sit and, like, on the patio. And it's, like nice and private and I was like all right I need to have a drink and I need to finish this book that is what's going to happen I'm also going to have some rainbow fries please and thank you which are Mm -hmm. sweet potato and regular fries combined they are great um and so as I was sitting there this guy it was like me this couple at the other end of the bar that was it and then this guy came up this like older guy and I was like I just, I know you're going to fuck my shit up right now. I know it. I know you're going to tell me that. I, I even told John, I was like, I thought the exact phrase in my head that he ended up saying, I was like, he's going to look over at me and say, oh, I don't mean to interrupt your reading, but he literally said exactly that, which PSA, <laughs> do not say that to people at a bar or coffee shop who are reading a book. I mean, it, I feel like it can go well sometimes. I feel like it can, like, that could be a meet cute type situation. Like, maybe mm-hmm. that works out. Oh, my God. This guy was so terrible because he not only was interrupting me for 
to talk about football. Like there was football. Oh, and, ew, not even really football. There was football playing. And it turns out I knew more about it than he did because he was like, oh my God, sorry. I don't need to rant about this. But he literally <laughs> was like, it was Green Bay playing. And so they're obviously playing in a very cold place. And so he was like, oh my God, I can't, I hate to interrupt you, but like, look at this shit. It's snowing. I can't even believe it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's Wisconsin and it is November. Like, I'm sure it's snowing. <laughs> yeah. Also, what? like, why do you need to interrupt a stranger to say that? Right. This is not, he was like, he literally, his punchline was, oh, I could never deal with that shit. I could never handle that. I'm from here. Yeah, and I wanted well, good to turn thing you and... stayed here then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, good thing this is an emergency. You needed to tell me about it. Me, who, after he, like, left, I was laughing because I was like, me who literally lived in Colorado, which they called the icebox of America. Like that shit had snow piled for six feet. Like you just don't know what other people have been, you know, through or with or whatever. Yeah. And then he also then after that was talking shit about my favorite bar, which I was like, he like kept complaining about the service out loud around all of the servers. And I was like, I literally said to him at one point, they <laughs> are doing the him. <laughs> I know. I, at one point they did think we were together and I specifically was like, I am not with him. And then to him, I was like, they are doing the best that they can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But so like, yeah, as I was reading the ending, I was like, of course this happened right at the end as I'm like in this, like the thralls of this scary moment. But I actually kind of forget why I brought that up. I think I just wanted to rant about that guy, but that's fair. <laughs> I think it was basically about like the end and how I got to that very last part and was like, well, the true horror here is that Lewis has fully succumbed and has brought everyone into his like terrible little world with him. Yeah, and I actually, for, like, a split second, was, like, and here goes the cycle, because Steve, like, almost got brought oh, into it. Yes. He was, like, because as, as Lewis was bringing Rachel's body over, Steve was, like, maybe I will go help him. Like, that seems like a good idea right now. And, like, the back of, like, the back of his mind, he's, like, run, that's a terrible idea. Like, what are you doing? Right. But, like, he kept having those thoughts of like, maybe I should, maybe I will. And he like even started up the barrier and then like looked down and was like, Oh God, I hate this. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, last minute, like yeah. split second decision decided to turn around and go back. Right. Which is so interesting. Cause both Judd, when he's taking Lewis over and Lewis at different points have been like, don't look down. You don't look down. You just cross mm-hmm. it quick and sure. And that's how you get through. And, uh, yeah, he looked down and then it was really interesting because that really did, you're right. It seemed to break the cycle because I thought for sure it was just going to leave it as like, we don't know if Steve went back or not, or like, we Mm -hmm. don't know what happened to him, but we actually get a couple like really definitive sentences at the very end of the actual book, not the epilogue, but like the actual book where it's like, and Steve took a job in St. Louis and moved half the con- half the country away and, like, never went back to the Next pet cemetery up, in his yeah. life, even though he had spooky dreams about it. And I was like, all right, good for fucking yeah, Steve, but everyone Steve. else is fucked here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because then the epilogue. Oh, the epilogue. Yeah. The epilogue was very creepy. So, it, like, it wasn't very long. Mm-mm. Um, but it did. So it was, like, as the responders were getting to the fire um, and going through, they find church and they're like, no, just a, just a poor dead cat. Doesn't seem to be anything like he's not burned or like he wasn't part of the fire, just unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, And then I can't remember like if they, I mean, they obviously found 
Judd, but like I don't remember if there was any questioning about Gage being there. There should be. There should but be. I, but I don't think there was. No. Um, but yeah, they so they come over and they question Lewis, and like as he's answering, you see Rachel walk up behind him, um, and just like put her hand on his shoulder, and like that's kind of the end. Well, she says, "Darling," and that's all we get. That's all we get. We don't know if she's a crazy murderer or not. I think she is. Or she could have gotten resurrected soon enough and maybe she's not. I don't think so. (laughs) I think she's a zombie. I think she's the Wendigo. And I think Lewis is just so far gone that the Wendigo doesn't want to kill him and wants to use him to keep bringing bodies into the, the burial ground. I mean, that could certainly be it it could also be like just happy being in human form like maybe it doesn't even want other bodies (laughs) (laughs) maybe it turns into like a 90s sitcom where it's like honey i'm home it's like (laughs) a happy albeit they have obstacles but they're a happy couple yeah (laughs) i mean we don't know that is true although i will say it was really funny john was telling me about the um both movies and he was saying that the um the 80s movie not to spoil it but we just spoiled like everything already you're right I think that was the one that he said was like very like the movie was very close to the book ending Mm -hmm. but was a lot campier and so you actually see Lewis kiss the zombie Rachel and it's like she's like a very zombie-ish gross I also heard I mean this could be wrong but I also think the movie was a little bit like it went a little bit farther and I think zombie Rachel ends up being bad in the movie like it she ends up being a little demonic and I think kills Lewis oh interesting maybe I might have been yelling too much about that guy at the bar to hear that part (laughs) (laughs) well this was in I mean the movie so um Yeah, so the book does, I think, I mean, I could be wrong again, haven't seen the movie, but I think in the movie it gives a little bit, like, it takes it a step further. I think in the book you're kind of meant to speculate a little bit, like, is she just going to be, like, a kind of slow, like, soulless, like, body like Church was? Or is she immediately going to be a murderous fiend like Gage? Uh, yeah I don't know I still really think that it's like she's gonna be murderous but maybe not kill Lewis but that yeah. it's still like the dire circumstances that it has been it is interesting John also told me the end to the remake which I might as well just spoil for you guys too sorry mm-hmm. um is that I don't know if your friends told you too but um John was saying that the remake he was really disappointed in and actually I posted the picture of me reading at the bar and someone wrote back I, I think it might have been a listener or maybe it was just someone who you know listens to and that's why we drink and follows me but someone posted on my um my post and was like um oh watch the old movie because fuck the remake and I was like oh okay but then I did hear from I even wrote back and I was like oh my god my boyfriend just told me um that he was like super disappointed in the remake because the ending there that was the one where Ellie died instead which like that alone I would have been fine with but apparently it ends with Gage as a toddler in a car with zombie Rachel Lewis and Ellie all of them are zombies walking towards the car 
to like go get gauge yeah which is like I did, I did hear that I don't know guys <laughs> yeah that one I that one I don't know about that one I I, I have some some feelings ab- about I don't like that ending quite as much Mm-mm. but I do like the the book ending I like the kind of up in the airness of it because as you'll yeah. remember <laughs> oh. <laughs> Feels like a diatribe coming. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that the first guy, the in Judd story, like he was definitely full of some like demonic entity, but he wasn't like murderous the way Gage was. No, but he I mean, also he was. Did... <laughs> it probably would have ended up that way. I'm not right. saying it wouldn't have. <laughs> Are just you saying? saying... I'm just saying that, like, like Lewis can probably get a good, like, six months out of Rachel being, like, a soulless <laughs> zombie before she turns, like, totally against him. And she probably um, wouldn't even turn against him because the it sounded like that son never, like, turned against his father. His father just, like, slowly went insane and ended up, like, you know, burning them both to the ground. That's true, and Lewis was already insane, had the benefit of it. So So, he might be totally fine. That's true. Well, that goes to, I think we're just coming around to the same conclusion here, because that was kind of my thought, is that whatever the ending, whether Rachel is good or bad, like, it doesn't necessarily matter, because whatever Rachel does come back as, Lewis is already so far gone that, like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, because he's going to live with her either way, and, like... Yeah, no, totally. And it keeps going back to that that phrase of, like, I bought this. Like, I almost like mm-hmm. you're owning your mistakes. And, like, Lewis keeps saying, like, I bought, like, even after church, like, as early as that, he's like, church is not Ellie's. Church is mine now. Like, I bought this mistake with this, like, mistake. Yeah. Um, and so I think that even, like, comes back around in that way of, like, now he's, like, not even acknowledging it. He's just, like, fully owning it of, like, yeah. I just live in this dark underworld now. Right, for sure. Yeah, I think I think the real mystery moving forward is, like, does he even go get Ellie? Or does he just, like, yeah. take Rachel and, like, start a new life somewhere? Like, does he cut ties and they're just, like, both living in their own zombie world or does he like try because once he tries to bring more people in like shit's definitely gonna go down yeah that was actually I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my biggest like at the end I was like oh well he just 100% was like fuck you Ellie I just am not even gonna think about you anymore because right it doesn't it doesn't say in the book but it very much is like right even from that phone call of like I'm not gonna heed your any of you I didn't heed any of your warnings you're really far away you're like I can't even imagine right I can't imagine him going back and getting her I can only imagine him like trying to take a weird shuffling zombie Rachel down to Disney World and them being like no you cannot have a job with your weird zombie wife (laughs) right for sure yeah because like first of all Ellie's gonna know immediately that that's not her mom right but like her the parents are also gonna know immediately that something's wrong so like are they even gonna let Ellie go back to them or is like Lewis gonna bring Rachel up to be like look see everything's fine and then Rachel's gonna murder all of them (laughs) I mean maybe maybe that's what it's supposed to imply of like 
the because I can't imagine that Irwin and Dory would really stop trying to find Rachel. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he, I mean, I guess maybe it's supposed to imply kind of like what I was saying last time of like, you know, the idea of leaving Gage out and about, which obviously didn't happen, but a zombie was still left out and about. So it's like, is this zombie supposed to like continue to just kill people across the country? Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. It, the book Oof. ends. There's no sequel. No. Well, <laughs> apparently the original movie back, the first movie that was made, um, the woman that made that movie apparently made a sequel. So there is a sequel movie. Um, yeah, but it, it doesn't have anything to do with Lewis, I don't think. I think no, it's like it's, a new family. Yeah, it's like totally different characters, John yeah. says. But he actually said he liked that movie better than the, the better than the other two movies, which is interesting. Oh, really? That's yeah. Funny. I can see that, though. I think movies that are based off of books have the unfortunate circumstance of having to, like, live up to a standard. So if it's, like, not close enough to the book, people hate it. But if it's also, like, too close to the book, it doesn't really work as a movie. Yeah, exactly. I think so. If you're like, yeah, if you and I think that's the same with like remakes of shows, too. If you like try to stick too close to the original, people hate it. But Mm -hmm. if you like are just kind of using the idea with like new characters and like a different storyline, I think people tend to be a little bit more on board with that. Yeah, that was exactly it. John said that the the filmmaker used the premise, mm-hmm. but that it was like very much like a completely different theme and story and everything, which is really interesting. Cause I think that's honestly, I think that's the only way that remakes really work is that if like, almost like I know this totally is a controversial different. statement, but like the third Harry Potter, I maintain, I think is one of the best Harry Potter movies because it, the filmmaker took the, like the, everything from like the idea, the theme, the little spark from the book, mm-hmm. but like made it new and made it a different thing. Cause it has to be a different thing to be a movie. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if I'll see the movies. It sounded very, um, Oh, oh, Franklin is get- Franklin is getting kicked into this room. <laughs> oh, Franklin. Oh, Franklin, are you being a bastard? Oh, come here, bud. I actually should probably go. I uh, have to go get them wet food for their dinner. No, little oh, buddies. Oh, buddies. Oh, buddies. I'm catless right now. Oh, <laughs> do you want some of my dummies? <laughs> yeah, I'm catless for the next week and a half. <laughs> Oh, oh, week and a half. Week and a half. Well, I guess just next week, because I, I mean, um, oh my God, I was going to say Halloween's coming up. Because <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up, so I'm going to go home and get them then. Oh, good. And I mean, always remember Halloween forever. <laughs> Halloween forever, for sure. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that's a good segue into also, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We are sorry. And also maybe you're welcome for extending (laughs) Halloween this long. (laughs) Yeah. We promise this is, it's over now. We're, we're done with it. We're moving on. (laughs) It is. We are, oh, we should announce we are going back to the cat who and to our cozy mysteries. Julia literally texted me like, the pointed statement we're going back to cozy mysteries after yeah, this right go back to cozy mysteries <laughs> we are going back to cozy mysteries so i assume are you are you okay doing whichever one is just the next the, the cat who book yeah for sure yeah what's the next cat who book actually here let me look it up what did we do last time god it was so long ago the no. cat who went into the closet is it the cat oh. with the cheese 
Oh my god, I hope so. No, it was the cat who came to breakfast, which is equally as fun. Ooh, the cat who came to breakfast. Oh, I don't think I have that one. No, I don't think I do either. The cat who said cheese is two after that, because the next one is, ooh, timely. The cat who blew the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the cat who came to breakfast is next. Okay, I'm into that. Oh my god, Quill and his felines take a trip to Breakfast Island Resort. I am dead. We need to read that one next. Yeah, perfect. I am very into it. Okay, well, you heard it here first, guys. The cat who came to breakfast is next. Love, love, love that title. Ready to jump back into Cozy Mysteries. Thank you for coming with us on this spooky Halloween extension <laughs> journey. <laughs> yes. Um, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Bye.